The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. You wouldn't think that a Monday, a big Monday, jam-packed with basketball games, a 10-game Monday would be dominated by Andre Iguodala chatter. But then, here we are. Yeah, that was yesterday. That was crazy, huh? Got all these games going on, just things to do and things to cover and discussions to have, and it was all Andre Iguodala. I do have thoughts on that front. I'm not going to bury the lead or anything, but I do have thoughts on that front, and we'll, we'll get around to it in due time. Due time being not that far from now. This is Fantasy NBA Today, everybody. You know that. You clicked on it, I assume, on purpose. If not, welcome. Even if you're here by accident, we're happy to have you. I'm Dan Bespris, your gracious host. I call myself that sometimes, and then I think, what really makes me a gracious host? I think I'm just a, I'm just a host. It's nothing I do that's gracious. I'm just an ass on a podcast. There are many of us nowadays, but you guys have been kind enough to choose this one for that. Every day, we do thank you. Maybe that makes me gracious. So thanks. And hello. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you know the way, at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or search for Dan from Hoopball. I've tried it. I'll even do it right now while I'm talking to you to see what happens. Dan from Hoopball. Oh, look at that. See, first three pages are different things that I've done on the HoopBall website, and then the third one is my Twitter handle. Well, that was easy. All right, or the fourth one, rather, is the Twitter handle. So that's how you can find me on Twitter. Our site's Twitter feed is at HoopBallFantasy. At HoopBallTweets is the big umbrella. And then we've been telling you guys, and I'm going to keep telling you until it's all maxed out, follow HoopBallGaming. 600 almost, 600 followers here just in the first couple of weeks of its existence. Really exciting. What this tells me is a couple of things. Number one, a lot of you guys listening to this podcast and following HoopBall have interest in sports betting, which is great because we're pretty good at it. We have a handful of folks here at HoopBall that are that are pretty damn good at it, myself included, I think. Toot my own horn too much here. And number two, the guys that are running it are doing so well Ira, Devin, Josh, and Neil, that more people are finding it just from their success. So check out Hoopball Gaming. That's the Twitter handle. Hoopball and then the word gaming all, all together. You guys know how to find it on Twitter. And the podcast is called Today in Sports Betting. Sounds like they might even have some luminaries coming on as guests here in the next week or two as well. So that's also very, very cool. Well done, guys. Keep following them. Keep doing it. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Um, we're just really excited about that. So, you know, I know I'm kind of ramming it down your throat and all that good stuff, but we are extremely stoked about it. And then the other note here is please do continue to rate and review the podcast. Really appreciate that you guys have taken the time to get in there and write funny things and leave five-star marks. Again, you don't have to write something when you leave the review if you don't want to. If you'd like to just drop the five stars on it, that's totally cool. And if you want to write something funny, I'll try to read it. Here's a throwback. Here's a throwback one. This is from Jay Crowder's uncle. <laughs> Not actually. That's the person's name. Uh, their, their 
that was their name on iTunes, from January 18th, almost exactly three years ago, 2017, with the, with the subject line, Happy Zane Day. Happy Zane Day. You remember when we used to have Zane Day? That was fun. That was right at the outset of this podcast. We've gone through a lot of, I mean, we've, we've gone through a lot of iterations on this bad boy, and you guys have stuck with us a long way. Love getting in my Wednesday fix with Dan and Zane. These guys tear it up out there and cover the spectrum. Keep it coming. Yeah, man. Hope Zane's been well. Brother of our uh, Riaz Danani here at Hoopball on our wonderful Tuesday premium show. So do leave that five-star review on iTunes on the podcast app, on your Apple-branded mobile device. We will continue to be grateful to you for doing so. Again, five-star review. iTunes, very easy to find. If it's on your mobile device, you uh, go into podcast, use the search function, search for Fantasy NBA Today, click on the show title, and then scroll down to the bottom. Let's get one more today. Let's get one more today than we had yesterday. I don't have a truckload of things to cover outside of the Monday card and then a little preview of what's coming up on Tuesday. So, uh, and I've said this a thousand times before, and I'm sure I'll be wrong again this time. I think this episode will be a tiny bit shorter. I think, therefore, I'm wrong. Dallas went into Indiana, got a road win without Luka Doncic. Indiana scuffling, man. They are a perma-fade right now as they try to figure out how to work Victor Oladipo back into the mix. He is... To call him out of sorts is beyond an understatement. And here's the thing. Dude didn't play basketball for a year. Of course he's out of sorts. But he's sort of... And this was the thing you're you're most worried about. I faded Indiana in his first game back, and it almost burned us with that stupid overtime game against Chicago. Should have been an easy cover. They've lost all three covers. They're one and two since he came back, I believe. Might even be one and three. The way that you reintegrate yourself with a team, even when you're one of the big guns, like Victor is, is to do the small things. And he's not yet. He's trying, and there's a mental part of this as well. I'm not, again, don't, I don't want anybody to read into this that me taking a knock or taking a hit at Victor Oladipo. I love his game. Uh, I think he's going to have a really great fantasy conclusion to his season. So forget about the fantasy side for a minute. This is the human element, where he just wants to get his damn feet underneath him And he's trying to do all these things that, when he's 100%, he can do with ease, with relative ease. But right now, they're not coming to him, so he's chucking. He's chucking when Sabonis should be taking those shots. Or maybe Miles Turner could get a few extra looks. He had actually a good ball game in this one. 11-5, two steals, three blocks. No TJ Warren. That obviously cut them down to their prime a little bit. He's been one of their efficient scorers on this team. Maybe we could have seen more Jeremy Lamb. He took eight shots and made five of them. But no, Oladipo had to take 17 shots and make four. Lost him the game. There's no other way to put it, which is fine. He's going to round himself into shape, but he's got to be less of a force feed at this point. He's forcing it. And I'm imagining someone's going to come to him. Maybe it's a teammate or a coach who just says, hey, man, Take it easy. It's going to come to you. You're a superstar. You'll be fine. In the interim, Indiana's in a tight spot. They're losing ground. Uh, Not that they're going to fall out of the playoff race. They're too good for that. But they are losing ground in a crowded upper echelon of the East. 31-19 now. Still a good record. But 11.5 back of the Bucs. 3.5 back of the Heat for the four seed, which is a big deal. Because you know if the Pacers make the playoffs, they want to have a top four to at least get one round of home court advantage. 
because they're 18 and 7 at home and 500 on the road. Well, game over 500 on the road. For Dallas, Porzingis was great. He's been coming on here, finally starting to get his legs underneath him. Dorian Finney-Smith actually good for two games in a row. And then with no Seth Curry, Tim Hardaway Jr. had a chance to take 17 shots. Much to my chagrin, because when I found out Jalen Brunson was starting, I fired him up. And he had nine points, four boards, three assists, bad efficiency, and four turnovers. Woof. But if you're worried about J.J. Barea taking his minutes, J.J. sprained his ankle and... You know, it's not like they're going to rush him back. So Brunson's going to get his 30 minutes going forward. I'm sure he'll be better than this in the next one, but he just got sort of outsized in this ballgame. Willie Cauley-Stein went back to six minutes with Porzingis healthy. It was mostly Kristaps and Kleba on the floor together. I'm very curious what happens with Willie Cauley-Stein when Luka Doncic comes back, if they're going to need that rim runner. Because Kleba's not a rim runner. He's hanging out near the perimeter. Porzingis is doing a whole bunch of stuff. A lot of three-pointers involved as well. But there may be sort of a different dynamic there when Luka is orchestrating things and you get your sort of poor man's Dwight Powell at the center spot. DeLon Wright was a little bit better in this ballgame, but not good enough to make any kind of move on. And so, once again, you sort of roll your dice with the Dallas Mavericks and you never they came up snake eyes for most of the guys that we thought we could trust. Orlando went into Charlotte, got a road victory over the hapless Hornets, who, I mean, we knew the bottom was going to fall out for that team, and it has fallen, and it has fallen hard. They got off to a decent start this year, remember? Silliness. How many times, listen, okay, so you guys, I mean, I know that you guys wanted to kill me when I was doing this, and you were like, ah, you're hating, you're hating, you're hating, and I just kept saying, I think you guys might want to sell on the guards in Charlotte. I just it never really felt like whatever was going on there could fully stick. Now, I'll give Terry Rozier credit. He's shooting 42% for the year and managed to hang out in that 75 to 80 range. Devontae Graham now is near 90. He's shooting 37.5% for the year. And wisely, they're letting other people take some shots. Another decent game from Miles Bridges. This is now, let's see, how many in a row is this for Miles that he's shown signs of life what are we what are we at now with him uh is it four so we're probably getting near the end of this hot streak so miles bridges has been a little bit better lately a little bit better um yeah four ball games in a row where he scored in double figures he's been more aggressive he's taken 10 17 19 and then 15 shots he's getting picked back up every place he was dropped i don't know if this is gonna last forever but when he's hot he's hot he just hasn't been very good all year. The cold stretches have been worse than the hot ones. Malik Monk at 11-5-4. He's seeming to get himself into double-digit shot attempts most ball games. although the minutes really weren't there here at 22. Willie Hernan Gomez, 21 minutes. He had 8-7, missed his free throws, had four turnovers, but he is showing signs of inching towards doing stuff. I know, that's like the farthest thing from relevant. And he's by all accounts, a poor man's Ennis Cantor right now. Uh, but he's going to get out there, and his usage is always going to be pretty high. Your usage was 31 in this game. He actually led the team in that department. He played 21 minutes, took 10 shots. That's useful in a points league. Otherwise, watch list. And no, I'm not interested in Cody Martin. 
P.J. Washington sat this one out. I thought, yeah, maybe you get 25 minutes out of Marvin Williams. Not that I would have picked him up for it, but no, he only played 17. So it might be time for Charlotte to officially shut down anybody who's older than 27. You might start to see that pretty soon. I mean, hell, we're seeing Willie Hernan Gomez play. He's a watch list guy at this point. Nothing more than that. Markel Fultz finally had a better ball game. He's been scuffling a little bit lately. But, yeah, you can put guys like Malik Monk on your list in case the the guys that have been playing a lot of minutes kind of fall apart in Charlotte. You can put not Dwayne Bacon and then uh, Hernan Gomez, like we mentioned. What if he overtakes Cody Zeller at some point and they just decide to let him play 25 minutes as a starter? He'd be a great center in that spot. Big time scoring and rebounding with not a great deal of other stuff. But, you know, there's, there's, there's a usefulness to that. Again, we're getting into kind of the specialist portion of the proceedings anyway. I'm rooting for it because Lord knows we'll be ahead of the curve on that one if anything ever pops. But again, we're, we're still, we're not there. 19, 20, 18, and 21 minutes. There's, there's very much a role he's in right now. And it's not sufficient. <laughs> it's far from sufficient to, to get himself onto any kind of normal nine-category fantasy team. But I will note that over the last week, he's sitting around 125, 130, which is, again, not great, but close. Close. Moving along. The Knicks, winners on the road at Cleveland. The Cavaliers sat Tristan Thompson in this ballgame. I know they said there was an injury involved, but I don't know if I'm buying it. There were also rumors swirling that the Wizards inquired on Tristan Thompson. That was not what I expected to hear on the rumor mill side. Alfred Payton triple-doubled. This is what you guys were all telling me about, but somehow managed to hurt you in free throws in the process. This is this is solid. I mean, I'm not going to complain about a triple-double, and I actually have him in one league. You guys might not believe this, considering how much I've clowned on him in recent memory. Um, and obviously, 15 assists is a really big deal, but only one steal and bad free throw shooting. He just he sort of finds a way to, to put a damper on what could be a really nice ball game. Uh, Marcus Morris had 26, Julius Randle 20 and 8. The Knicks actually had a pretty good offensive game, all things considered. A lot of guys got involved. Didn't change much for fantasy. Marcus Morris, useful. Julius Randle, barely useful. Alfred Payton, useful as well. For the Cavs, Kevin Love went big. Colin Sexton went big. Larry Nance got the start with no Tristan Thompson, and it was glorious. By the way, this is an overtime game, I should mention. So take five minutes off of all of these numbers. Still, Larry Nance would have played 37 minutes of regulation. And that's enough to hurt him, by the way. If he plays 37 minutes every game... If they do trade a big man, he'll end up on the shelf. But honestly, I'm in roto formats, so if you give me a month and a half of giant minute Larry Nance, I don't even care if he misses two weeks in there. That would be insane. 18, 8, and 6 with a block and two three-pointers on good efficiency? Hell yeah! I'll take it! Man, I like that one. I don't know where this iteration of Colin Sexton came from, but he's been quite good lately, and I, I know I've killed him a million times, but I'll gladly say he's turned a corner. So that was fun. Cavaliers' actual fantasy value, and all we had to do was wake up Colin Sexton and get rid of Tristan Thompson. By the way, if Tristan Thompson does end up on the Wizards, I haven't a clue what kind of role he's expected to play there, because Thomas Bryant, even though his minutes limit is still in effect, he's their center. 
do they really want to keep Tristan around long-term to just go gobble up offensive rebounds and kind of get in the way a little bit? Just replace Jan Mahimi with more energetic Jan Mahimi? I don't get that one, and I wouldn't pick him up if the trade went down because Jan Mahimi played nine minutes in their game today. A couple of things to note in the, in this Warriors-Wizards game. Wizards and Warriors! I do love when these two teams play so I can make a regular Nintendo reference as he adjusts his bifocals and says proudly, Ivan! Woo! Yep, the nerd in me is coming out strong. Alec Burks had 30. Draymond Green, another good ball game. He's been, he's been running hot the last couple of days. They've actually won a few. Happy to get out of the Western Conference for a couple of days. Glenn Robinson, the third. He's been running hot. Damian Lee had a good ball game. And my guy Marquise Chris, 13-5 and five with two more blocks. I am thoroughly enjoying the Marquise Chris experience these days. I picked him up in like four spots and then got impatient and dropped him in two like a dummy. I don't know why I did that. I still have him in two. Probably the two spots where I don't need him as much. But whatever, I've still got him in two, and he's been sweet. Love the blocks, love the five-for-five shooting. All that just screams enjoyable. Uh, I know I'm not super high on Damian Lee anymore. The 19 points on five three-pointers feels very anomaly-ish. Glenn Robinson, he's been hot, and you can ride it if you want, although we've talked about the issue if this team ever gets fully healthy. But sounds more and more like Steph Curry might not play, or if he does, it'll just be a couple weeks at the end of the year. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bank on that. Bradley Beal had 43. His hot run continues lately of insane scoring. Davis Bertans, 19 points, five threes. Thomas Bryant, 10 in, or 11 and 7 with two blocks. The three guys I said you could trust on this team were the three guys that put up numbers. But, but, and a big but, Mo Wagner and Rui Hachimori. Mora each came back in this ballgame. Wagner and Hachimura made their returns. Supposedly, they were each to be held to 20 minutes or less. Wagner played 12, and at some point he's just going to take Yamahimi's minutes, and he'll end up with about 20, and Thomas Bryant will end up with about 30, give or take. Rui Hachimura is this team's long-term power forward. They drafted him to be that guy. And honestly... From a straight competition standpoint, there really aren't any other dudes on this team that just play power forward besides, really, Isak Bonga. They will play their centers at power forward. Thomas Bryant has logged a couple minutes there next to Yamahimi. We've seen Mo Wagner play a little bit of power forward. We've seen Davis Bertans play a fair amount of power forward. But there's plenty of minutes we saw this with Ajimura before he went down. He was logging a lot of minutes. The issue with Rui is that his fantasy game, pretty well encapsulated by his line tonight. By the way, they let him go 26 minutes, which makes me think more and more that his stuff was probably healed weeks ago, and they just doing a little pre-tanking with their young guy. He had 11 and 8, and nothing else. Two turnovers. He did miss a free throw. Normally he makes that. He's, you know, field goal percent, free throw percent, both good for him. Steals blocks, not there. Three balls, not there. Assists, not there. There are four categories where he is distinctly not good. There is three categories where he is decent to good. Anywhere from decent to good. And then a fourth that's kind of neutral. If you want to call rebounding kind of neutral for him. So nine category, I'm not super excited about a points league. Yeah, I can make an argument for it because I think as he settles in, He'll take a few of Beal's 30 shots, and the rest of these guys are not super high-usage guys. 
and their usage will trend down as guys like Hachimura come back who want to be taking more shots, especially as they start to go younger. What are you what are you getting at, Dan? Is a very fair question to ask at that point. What are you getting at? I'm getting at nine category, you can leave them on the wire. Points league, you probably pick them up. Boston beat Atlanta, another high-scoring game on this uh, wild Monday night. Jason Tatum had 28 to lead the Celtics. Brad Wanamaker had 16 off the bench. That was unexpected. Gordon Hayward, 24. Jalen Brown, 21. Daniel Tice uh, bonked his dome. He entered the concussion protocol post-game. He also hurt his ankle, I believe. He had nine points, two boards at the time. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's a pisser because he's been playing his butt off. I'm going to hold on to him everywhere I have him. Ennis Cantor made his return, played 16 minutes, had eight points and nine rebounds. And uh, as this season winds down, we're going to figure out if we want to hold Cantor or pick up Willie Hernan Gomez. And you can just Spider-Man meme that joint. For Atlanta, Damian Jones, with no competition at center, only logged 17 minutes. This is a bad matchup generally for centers because Boston doesn't really play a normal center. But uh, Trey Young, Kevin Herter, John Collins, all solid. Herter looks like he's bounced back a bit after kind of a quiet spell. Now... I will say this, there were no no DeAndre Hunter, no Cam Reddish in this game, so that meant way more shots for Kevin Herter, and Jeff Teague got a start. And for as long as those dudes are out, you could probably stream Teague and feel pretty cozy playing Herter as well. There's just a lot, a lot of usage to go around when those dudes are not in the lineup. Teague, 18-6 and four steals. Wish I could have gotten him into a lineup... I mean, it's tough to know, though. You know, we have to gauge what we think is going to happen with Cam Reddish in particular. That was the one that that shuffled Teague into the starting lineup. It's a concussion. So, I mean, if it's a couple of ball games, maybe you see Teague for 25 to 30 minutes in those. That's probably useful. They're playing Minnesota and then Boston again, and then New York. So, not too many teams that are in the business of clamping down right now. I mean, you could go out there. You could you could trot Teague in a streaming role for a day or two. He's generally unowned in fantasy leagues, but I mean, at the same time, you got to know what you're getting into, which is going to be probably not a ton of points, maybe ten, six, seven assists, perhaps a couple of steals. It's a scene. It's a scene, man. Phoenix blown out in Brooklyn. This was an ugly one. Devin Booker was in early foul trouble, just never got his rhythm going. Ricky Rubio appears to be playing through an ankle thing. He's been awful lately and only logged 19 minutes. Kelly Oubre had 21. DeAndre Ayton, 25 and 17. He looked good. Mikael Bridges had six defensive stats, so he was actually well above the fray. But this is just a bad one all around for Phoenix. For Brooklyn... They got a big one from Dan's nemesis, Karis LeVert. I mean, I guess he was overdue for one decent ball game. That'll You'll see him get grabbed up off the wire here with Kyrie potentially set to miss a week or two or whatever it's going to be. I still don't trust him. Joe Harris, efficient. Torian Prince was efficient. I mean, this is just a ball game where most of the main cogs were efficient, and really only Spencer Dinwiddie was not very good of the main guys. I still don't like Brooklyn as a fantasy spot. Whatever. Miami blew out Philadelphia. Jimmy Butler, a Mondo game, 38-7-2 with three steals, two three-pointers, no turnovers, 14 out of 20 shooting, and 8 of 8 at the foul line. Woo-wee. Adebayo nearly triple-doubled. Duncan Robinson had four more three-pointers. Again, when you put up a buck 37, that's all right. 
Tyler Hero left with a sore foot. Myers Leonard left with a sore ankle. You might see Kelly Olynyk now. This team's getting beat up at the moment. Still, I'm not venturing really anywhere beyond the main dudes. I know Derek Jones Jr.'s minutes trended back up in this one, and as half the team gets hurt again, that could become a streaming opportunity, but I'm not going to dive in too far. I'm just, there's too many other things going on there, a little bit more safe. Philadelphia's in a rut, man. First of all, they suck on the road. They're horrible away from home. And they're having trouble reintegrating Joel Embiid. Team needs a shakeup, man. They need a shakeup bad. Detroit scored 82 points in an NBA game. We knew they were going to have some issues without Derrick Rose. And obviously they've been without Blake Griffin at this point all year. The, the offensive stuff was going to catch up to them. Needed Reggie Jackson to show signs of life, and he went 1 for 16. Oh, good God, no. Seiko Nubuya, not much better. 2 out of 15. Tony Snell, 1 for 7. They shot 34.7% for the ball game. Ugh. Don Maker, 0 for 3 with 5 rebounds. And finally, Dwayne Casey was like, okay, whatever. Christian Wood, you can finally play. And Christian Wood went out and played his butt off. 17 points, 5 boards, 2 steals, 2 blocks in 34 minutes. This dude should be logging big minutes every game. It's embarrassing that they're holding him back at this point. When the other options are the ones that you see before you. This team is horrible when they're hurt. Like I mean, they don't have any depth to begin with. So to lose a couple of guys, down Rose, Kennard, and Blake Griffin, there's no scoring left. Andre Drummond had 25 and 18. No defensive stats. That's a pisser because he had to exert himself on offense. But it's good to see Christian Wood get some playing time. And obviously he's a continue to hold kind of guy in case we see anybody move it. The trade deadline... This was the warning with Reggie Jackson. He's not a good field goal percent guy. The assists could be higher than four, given the fact his teammates can't shoot. But they obviously need... They need Derrick Rose back. He's creating a lot of their offense. Jonas Valanciunas chucking along. Jaron Jackson Jr., solid, if unspectacular, but decent. Dylan Brooks had 15, 4, and 5. He was decent as well. Jay Crowder, 4 and 5. As we mentioned, he's not a trustworthy dude. And our guy, DeAnthony Melton, 14 minutes. They just, they're just not going to give him the minutes. Brandon Clark played 23 minutes. He just couldn't really get it going in this ballgame. But lately, he's been trending up, so I got to like that. Melton, I think, might be a drop, unfortunately. I just I don't see a way that, you know, Tyus Jones played 21 minutes. He was in front of him in the guard pecking order. Someone needs to be hurt. John Morant, Tyus Jones, for Melton to get turned loose for 20-plus minutes consistently. And that's just, you can't sit on that all day. Timberwolves and Kings went um, about, I guess, how do you expect? Carl Anthony Towns had a bunch of points. Shabazz Napier actually scored a little more and assisted a little less, but it's looking like he might actually stay on the right side of the cut line here, at least in in before anything might or might not happen at the trade deadline. Wiggins, who had been playing a tiny bit better, has been trending down a little bit, but I don't know that anything really changed on the Minnesota side in this ballgame. Uh, for the Kings, it's kind of the same old stuff. Harrison Barnes is actually a little bit better, but he's still not a guy I'm interested in. Nemanja Bialica, good efficiency, would have liked to have seen perhaps a few more rebounds. I mean, the whole Kings team, I guess, would have liked a few more rebounds in this game. Dwayne Dedman played well. Uh, Kings hoping to get Rashawn Holmes back by the end of this week, so that would pretty much kill whatever Dwayne Dedman is doing right now. Bogdan Bogdanovich, he did some stuff. You guys know I'm not a huge fan of his fantasy game anyway, so I don't know that this game moved the needle 
for anybody on the Kings side either. San Antonio and the Clippers, LaMarcus Aldridge, bounced back a little bit, uh, had himself a slightly better ball game. Derek White did the efficiency stuff that you were looking for, which in this one was more rebounds, assists, defensive stats. DeJounte Murray was slowed, not surprisingly. Point guards had to go up against Patrick Beverly, and then over on the Clippers' side, now that they're fully healthy, there's just not a whole lot to go on. Um, somewhat decreased minutes for Montrez Harrell, and I don't know if that has to do with his ankle. Remember, he turned his ankle twice in their last ball game. We said we were going to be watching Ivica Zubats to see if he'd get a little bit more responsibility, and he did, actually, in this game. His minutes came largely before the end, which was nice. It wasn't like it, things just got out of hand or or Montrez had foul issues. There, I, I do think that he was hobbled. I have no... Definitive proof of that, but he turned his ankle twice, so you got to think that that was some part of it. But again, you know, we'd have to see a pretty significant move here to buy into the Zubats long-term thing. There might be a little Zubats short-term, but that's probably about as far as I'd go with that one. And in terms of these late ball games on Monday night, these are the ones that were just a little bit less interesting. There wasn't a whole lot to watch. Want to remind everybody in between segments here to once again follow at Hoopball Gaming and open up your first betting account with mybookie.ag. If you're brand new to the game, it's the perfect place to get started. Use the promo code TODAY, T-O-D-A-Y, to get a 50% deposit match on your account opening deposit. 40 bucks in, they'll give you 20. 50 bucks in, they'll give you 25. 100 bucks, they'll give you 50. Up to a $2,000 deposit for a $1,000 bonus. That's as far as up as that bad boy goes. And you know what? If you've already got an online sports book or a street corner bookie or whatever it is you're using, set up that extra account at mybookie.ag. Make sure you've got other lines available to you. It's so important to have multiple outlets where you can hunt for that extra half point. Because they're all reflective of how the money's coming in at their particular websites or your street corner guy. The lines are going to be different. Your street corner guy in Philly is probably going to be taking more money on Philly teams than the opposite, which means he's going to need money on the dog. The online one might be the opposite way. I don't know. Either way, it's so important to have additional outlets for you to get that extra half point. That's an enormous amount of money in the long term. Those are pushes that become wins. Those are losses that become pushes. Open up your account at mybookie.ag. If you're a veteran or a noob, it doesn't matter. Use promo code TODAY, T-O-D-A-Y. Get that 50% deposit bonus and enjoy. It's a relatively quiet Tuesday in the association. Just four ball games to talk about. Milwaukee is at New Orleans, and there's nothing with the Bucks that we really care about at this point. They are as set in stone as they come. Pelicans, fairly well set in stone. Can I just point out one quick thing, and that is Zion, who's undoubtedly one of the most exciting players in the NBA after six basketball games in an NBA career. However, he has a grand total of three steals and two blocks over those six games. He has a grand total of 14 turnovers over those six games. He's number 196. And I look at this from two different perspectives because you guys know your leagues better than I do. I think, I think he's still a sell high because people have seen what he can do, the flashes, the speed, the agility of a giant man. He's a, he's a freak of nature. I mean, 
to look at the way he moves in a body of that shape and size is crazy. And his field goal percent is going to be really good. I see no way that that's not going to be a, a big-time positive. I also don't see much of a way that free throw percent isn't a big-time negative for him. He, remember, at four three-pointers in his NBA debut. He hasn't hit any since then. So keep that in mind. This was like when Giannis hit five against the Lakers. He's going to average 20 and 10, probably, by the time the season's over. But he's not passing. Steals and blocks, I got to think those start to come around a little bit. But I think the turnovers and the free throw percent are both going to kill you. I think the simple fact is that he's scoring and rebounding a ton, and he's super exciting, so you could probably get someone inside the top 40 for him. And I don't know if he gets to the top 40 in 9-cat because of his two large issues. Right? Like, think about some of the other guys in the top, in the upper echelon that are a big-time negative in free throw percent and turnovers. Do you know who those guys are? Those guys are... LeBron James, who's number 11 because he's averaging 25, 8, and 11 with two three-pointers. I don't think Zion's getting to that point. Other guys that are big-time negatives in both, I mean, there are guys that are semi-negative, like Luka Doncic is semi-negative in both, but I'm not going to really put too much of a free-throw minus on him because it's, you know, it's high volume, but it's 76%, so it's a small hit. Andre Drummond, believe it or not, is one of the big negatives in both this year because his turnovers have been awful. But he's averaging 17.5 and, and 16 with 3.7 combined defensive stats. That gets him up as high as number 20. And falling, by the way, because the free throw thing has been getting worse. Other guys that are bad in both, Giannis. And he's number 32. 32 guys. And there really aren't guys beyond that that are horrific in both because then you kind of move out of the guys with big-time usage. De'Aaron Fox is is a big negative in both. He's at number 89. Basically, what I'm getting at here is Zion's going to get up pretty high because his usage is big enough that he's going to climb over a lot of these other dudes. But when you're bad at both, you have to be so damn good in all of the other stats to hang on in that upper grouping. It's why most guys are either just don't handle the basketball all that much or fall off the map like a Julius Randle. I don't think Zion's going to be a Julius Randle. I don't. I don't. I think he's going to be significantly more interesting than that because I think you'll see the defensive stats come around. There's a chance he gets inside the top 40 before this season's done. There's also a, probably a larger chance he doesn't just because there's a lot for him to work on. So see if you can go flip him for like a Drew Holiday or a, hell, I don't know, Zach Levine would be an interesting grab. Maybe you go big and try to get a Rudy Gobert. Perhaps someone would give up Clint Capello while he's hurt. These are interesting guys you could try to go get. Maybe you could get LaMarcus Aldridge, who's just like beyond boring and continues to just just float along happily at number 18 on a per-game basis on the year. Hell, maybe you can go get Zion's teammate, Brandon Ingram. Everybody thinks he's going to fall off a map. I think he's going to be fine. Okay, not fine, fine. Not as good as he was, but I think he'll end the year better than Zion. Anyway, Derek Favors should be okay as well. I mean, you see his minutes trending down, but that's that was always the plan anyway. Charlotte at Houston. Well, you know, keep an eye on Willie Hernan Gomez, although the Rockets are employing no centers right now, which certainly makes it tougher to use one on the opposite side. They're just going to be standing out guarding P.J. Tucker in the corner of the floor the entire ballgame. But we'll watch him. And then otherwise, uh, maybe one eye on Malik Monk. 
He's been trending up. He's doing more these days. I don't know. There's a hard part to all this as well because I don't want to use any moves until the trade goes down. I'm really tempted to, but I'm just not going to. Got to stop myself. Houston, I don't care about. I mean, you could use Daniel House potentially while Capella's out. Portland at Denver. I mean, how far can Dame go on this insane run he's on right now? Denver, it's all about streaming. Who's alive, who's not on that team. San Antonio at the Lakers. Spurs, again, uh, they're finally starting to show signs of being a relatively calm and comfortable fantasy team with, you know, intermittent bad games for Derek White and DeJounte Murray. They're not going to be great every single ball game. They're good more often than not. LaMarcus is back. I mean, like, take yesterday, for example. Trey Lyles got real hot, so that... You know, that that shelved some of the other important players in this mix. But overall, I think you can use four guys on the Spurs these days as long as you understand that Derek White and DeJounte Murray, they're both going to have a couple of decent ones, and then they're going to have a couple of quiet ones. And because generally their efficiency is pretty good, they're not going to fall off the map when they do have the bad ones. So keep that in mind. And then with the Lakers, you know, now that AD is healthy, they're back to being basically a two-man team. Simple as that. And that's your show. I did it, guys. I kept it a tiny bit shorter. I promised I would, and I did. I'm so proud of myself. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this thing up while we still have time. But quickly here, tomorrow, we'll be talking to Brandon Marcus on the Wednesday show. A little buy low, sell high action as we move into the latter portions of the season. Trade deadline week. Maybe this isn't the time to do buy lows or sell highs. But it is. But it is. Wait. It must be. Because maybe you can buy low, sell high guys that have a stigma around them. We'll find out what Brandon has in his bag of tricks. And of course, and this, if nothing else, is a double reminder or a triple reminder, and I'm going to be reminding you all over the place on the interwebs, Thursday at 9 a.m., we go live with trade deadline coverage for four consecutive hours. Don't let us down, NBA. We'll have all of the luminaries that we can find here on hoop-ball.com. I will be there all four hours. We'll have brew, we'll have editors, we'll have pros. It's going to be amazing. We keep breaking records of, of viewership. We started doing this three years ago, and it's just been incredible. And other places, there are big outlets. Big outlets. I'm not talking about fantasy plays. I'm talking about like legitimate basketball outlets that weren't doing this kind of thing. And then they just started. Was it us? Probably not, but I'm going to go ahead and take credit for it anyway. They saw Hoopball do it and thought that's a great idea. But you guys are going to watch us, right? Because we're going on before everybody else. We got the earliest show. We're coming in hot at 9 a.m. We'll break down all trades that happened before trade deadline Thursday and then anything that shakes out on Thursday morning. That will be free for everyone on YouTube. Look for the link and bookmark it because we're getting that bad boy set up today. Oh, yeah. It's two days away, folks. I am Dan Vaspers. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Have a glorious Tuesday, everybody. We will talk to you tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.